Oof. So, so satisfying. Nice. So satisfying. I love it. Uh, so Buffy loves anything that is small. And I can't figure out really why. Like, she's fascinated with babies and baby carriages. She likes little dogs. Like, she wants to go see them so badly. She likes kids. And she did have puppies before. So I'm thinking, like, it's maybe a mothering instinct oh. she has. For a little while, I thought she wanted to eat the little dogs. Oh. So I was like, oh, you seem very excited for, for them. And that's worrying me. Uh, but I had the opportunity to, like, have her hang out with my little cousin. And Wait, which little my, cousin? Charlie. So she's like three. Oh, I think she just gosh. turned three. And they were like best buds. Like Buffy wanted to hang out with her the entire time. Her, Charlie was like jumping over her and Aww. playing with her tail and touching her paws. And Buffy was just like happy to be there. It was so cute. Uh, but the best part was, is anybody, anytime anybody picked up Charlie for any reason, Buffy didn't like it. She was like, please give me back my child. <laughs> do, you, do you know that's actually... <laughs> Uh, how my life existed with my Doberman when I was like a toddler. Yeah. Like that's, that's amazing. Like it's not very common that that happens, but like my Doberman slept under my crib and would like wake my parents up if I made one sound. Like, yeah, that's, that's so, so cute. No, that is amazing. And I'm so excited. Yeah, that she's she just, so good with kids. Yeah. She's, she loves kids, so I think I'm gonna get her trained for therapy, oh, you um, should. and then start taking her to like the hospitals because she just loves children so much, you and should. I don't have any, so. I want. But she likes her... anything small. I want to make her like a flower collar. Like, oh yes. Yes, that's what yeah. we should do. That'll be a crafting day at the new house. We'll make flower collars. And she Buffy. can wear them. It. Oh, I love. She's it. so cute. Oh, I love She's it. so funny. Speaking of the other, the fat little gremlin. Duke, uh-huh. um, you got him his favorite toy ever, which Wait, is his. Which one? Is it the the hedgehog? It's his tiny hedgehog. Yay! He loves it. Oh, I'm so glad. He ended up breaking the squeaker. Oh, okay. And he was very sad about it because he would click it at me. Well, I showed he wanted you to make where it I squeak. bought it. Did you buy a new one? I did. Good. And so I picked up the old one and I put it behind my back and then I pulled out the new one and I squeaked it at him and you would have th- thought this dog thinks I like am magic. <laughs> <laughs> because in his head it's the same hedgehog. Oh and, I and I have produced it and it squeaks again. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so glad. I'm so, so glad. He's so happy about it. It's so but funny he knows that I bought so- like such dumb toys for your animals. <laughs> And they they love them. And I was like, yeah, I just they... saw it in the grocery store, and I was like, that's cute. Let's that's a good present. Like, let's buy it for the dog. Yeah, <sighs> it's his favorite toy, and he loves it. And he knows he's not supposed to squeak it when we're working because we're on the phone and you Aww. can hear it. So he'll he'll do it like once, and I'll look at him. I'll be like, don't squeak it, and he'll put it down, and because he, he doesn't want me to take it away from him, because I will. Aww. And he'll be like. <laughs> And he, but as soon as like it's like the last hour of the day, because we're not making any calls, he knows that, and he'll pick up his toy and start squeaking it at us. Oh my god, so. he's such a good boy! You have trained him so well since you've been in that house. Yes, yes, good I job. have. I'm proud of you. Me too. Yeah, he's so funny. He's so good. He understands a lot. Like he, like they say, like really smart dogs understand as much as like a three year old. Yeah. And he totally does. Totally. Like even the short amount of times that I've spent with him, like he seems super smart. He's very needy, but yeah. very smart. 
He's very needy, but he is very anxious as well. So he yes. wants to be like so he's us. near the person. Yeah, he's yeah, smart, basically. But anxious. He's smart but anxious. And then Buffy has like zero anxiety, and she's the kind of dog that knows that she could exist without humans and be fine easily. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, but I can't <laughs> exist without you. Oh, God. Okay. All right. Uh. Anyway, guys. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Rachel Square, the Drunk Girls Podcast. I'm Bo. I'm Rachel. As always, thank you so much to Red Dragons Radio for hosting and posting us. Uh, uh, if you need a new podcast, definitely check them out. Um, please drink responsibly, guys, because we are. We're both in our own houses. Today I have a rosé. What do you have, Rachel? Um, I have mango cart and 40 ounces of water. Nice. I bought the, the fruit cart case because... Mm-hmm. I love it, and I... Because tasty. And it sucks because so much of it is the pineapple cart, which is my least favorite. Uh, So I have to pull all the pineapple carts out so I can get to the ones that I want, which is mango cart and muffin cart. So, here we are. All right. Um, So we're doing a quiz, eh? Yes. All right, let's see what we got. What is our quiz? It is... Uh, ever wonder which of John Hughes' iconic 80s movies you belong in? Take this quiz and we'll tell you. Oh, (laughs) no. I already hate this. All right. So the first question is, what's your favorite subject in school? English, art, science, history, or physical education? Oh, easy English. Uh, Mine is history. Uh, if you had a crush, how would you handle it? Avoid them until they notice me. Become friends with them. Write them an anonymous love letter. Tell them, and if they don't like me back, that's their loss. Act normal around them. Become friends with them. Same. <laughs> Choose Ooh. a meal. We got pizza. We got some In-N-Out burgers. We have a very nice steak. We have some spaghetti, and we have a sandwich. Sandwich. Steak. How many people are in your friend group? Only me. I'm a loner. Two, including me. Three, including me. Four plus. I don't really have a friend group. I have friends from different cliques. Uh, three, including me. Mm. It's hard to say because, like... Gris is four plus, bitch. I know. You're right. It is. Okay. <laughs> uh, describe yourself in one word. Boring, opinionated, fun, adventurous, kind. Fun. I'm fun. I'm. I guess I think I'm opinionated. I. Uh, you are definitely opinionated. <laughs> what are you most likely to do after school? Take a nap. Yes. Don't even have to read any more of these. Go to a club meeting, watch TV, hang out with friends, or do homework. My answer is do homework. Mine is take a nap. <laughs> Pick a movie. The perks of being a wallflower. The Notebook. Dazed and confused. To all the boys I've loved before. The Goonies. What are you picking? The Goonies. It's the I'm only one of those I like. Dazed and Confused. Dazed and Confused is good, but I like The Goonies more. No, I mean, Pick- The Goonies is great, but it, uh, it was a hard choice. Yeah. Pick a genre of music. R&B, punk rock, pop, classical, alternative. I'm honestly really torn between like pop and alternative because I'm like a pop punk princess. Yeah. But I'm going to go alternative. Uh, I'm torn between punk rock and alternative. I'm pretty sure at this point in your life, you are punk rock. 
That's true. Yeah. Uh, pick a picture. Oh. The first one is a person riding with a cup, coffee cup. Looks very relaxing. Next one is somebody staring out at the ocean. Also looks super relaxing. Uh, two hands being held in front of a sunset. Some friends hanging out. Or science speakers. Mine is friends hanging out. Mine is the ocean. The ocean one, like, I love that picture. But I also love the idea of our friend group in the picture of the friends hanging out. That's fair. Uh, pick a pick a dessert. I almost said pick a desert. <laughs> and then I like <laughs> looked at the pictures and I was like, that's not right. You need to reread that. <laughs> pick a desert, Antarctica. No. Yeah, like the Gobi. <laughs> um, it's ice cream, donuts, brownies, uh, brownies, uh, chocolate chip cookie, or a cupcake. cupcake. Ooh. A very fancy cupcake. That's a very fancy cupcake. I'm going brownies. I am going with the very fancy cupcake. Actually, no, I take that back. It's brownies. Brownies are the superior dessert. Uh, yes, you are correct. How often do you think of romance? Every single day, once a week, only after seeing something romantic. Often, not a lot. I just, I'm just trying to live my life, man. Um, I feel like every single day because I try to be romantic because I do have a significant other. It's interesting because I'm actually a very romantic person, despite the fact that I, like, live alone. So I'm going to say also every single day. Yeah. Oh, no. This next question is going to be really hard. <laughs> Pick an 80 song. Dancing with Myself by Billy Idol. I Want to Dance with Somebody Who Loved Me by Whitney Houston. Take on Me by Aha. Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. I Melt With You by modern english okay so i fucking love all of these songs honestly same but i'm picking i melt with you by modern english i picked it and we're over it's done i'm doing take on me Whew, so good also right? oh no the next question is so hard too which john hughes movie character do you relate to the most samantha baker from 16 candles wyatt donley from weird science ducky dale from pretty in pink Cameron Fry from um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off or John Bender from The Breakfast Club? Oh, God. Uh, actually, I don't think I relate to any of these. I'm actually having a very hard time with this. I know. Um, that's the thing. Like Because I am not Bender from The Breakfast, Breakfast Club. I am definitely one of the other characters. Samesies. Um, I uh... think... Maybe Wyatt for me. I can't decide between like anxious Cameron or don't give a fuck John Bender. I think I think I'm going uh, if I think about high school, I'm going with John Bender. Okay. Uh, Ooh. Okay, who'd you get? No, there's another oh, question. There's another question. Dang it. Okay. What would you want your dream date to look like? Okay, so you can go to a carnival. You mm. can go to a park. You can take a drive and yeah. be naked. What is happening Whoa, in that picture? And they're wearing, like, Cindy Cin Lou Who hats. Hats? Like, that's, that's very weird. weird. A lovely walk in the rain or a romantic dinner? Lovely walk in the rain, 100%. There are still more questions. How did you think they were done? <laughs> I don't know. Which movie do you like the best? Pretty in Pink? 16 Candles, The Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, or Weird Science. That's 
so hard. Oh, it's not hard for me at all. It is the Breakfast Club all day, every day. So I'm really torn between, honestly, Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller was, like... Iconic. It, it was, and it was, for me, like, such a cool example of, honestly, shit that happened to me in high school. Like, on a grander scale, but, but like, yeah. shit that happened. I'm going Breakfast Club, though. I just think of, like, how... I, I can watch The Breakfast Club any day, anytime, any day oh, or night. yes. So uh, that's why I went with okay, it. Okay, okay. If you and your friends wanted to get out for the weekend, what would you do? Head to the beach, go camping, attend a concert, go on a road trip, hang out at the pool. Attend a concert. Yeah, probably. Yep. <laughs> Pick a flaw that you have. Oh, God. I, I lose focus a lot. I'm afraid to speak up. I'm too sensitive. I'm too opinionated. Opinionated, I overthink and stress out. Do you want me to tell you what yours is? Is it I overthink and stress out? It is. It is, because <laughs> I know that's my problem. Yours is uh, you lose focus a lot. Uh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, as long as we're giving each other answers. <laughs> it's better to have somebody else do that one for you. Yeah, honestly. To be fair, though, I would have chosen I overthink and stress out a lot. I actually was thinking, I was like, considering how long it took me to, like, read a chapter in my history text today, <laughs> I was definitely, I lose focus. Yes, yes ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> it oh. was ridiculously long. It was, it was only four points. What? I got okay. 100 on the quiz, though, so, you know. Very, I'm very proud of you. <laughs> what is the next question? How would you just, how would your friends describe you? Sweet, happy, supportive, smart, the life of the party. I don't know. Like, I feel I feel like there are several answers here. None of them are supportive because I'm really bad at that. Um, either smart or life of the party. I would say smart. That is how I t tend to describe you to people. I also describe you as smart, FYI. If you wanted an answer. Yeah, my, uh, my, my first two were uh, smart or the life of the party. Yeah, you're so. smart. But yeah, I definitely describe you as smart. Oh, this is the last question. Okay. All right. Finally, pick an activity. Doing makeup, watching oh. TV, cooking, reading, listening to music. Oh, how dare they put reading and <laughs> listening to music on the <laughs> same question. Mine is watching TV. Oh. Reading. What'd right, you what'd you get? <laughs> so I got Pretty in Pink. Uh, you belong in Pretty in Pink. You're a super shy person. You love watching romance movies and listening to love songs. So all of that is true except the shy part. I love well, romantic movies and I love love songs. That's true. That is that is true. So it's two-thirds right. It's almost right. Yeah. So I got The Breakfast Club. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> You belong in the breakfast club. You're a very relatable person. You tend to keep your feelings all bottled up inside of you, but you're still really chill and cool. Okay, yours is really right, though. Yours <laughs> right? is three of three right. Mine is only two of three right. Although, two of three. I wish, like, let me, I wish I could, like, can I change listening to music? No, I can't change it and see what I get. But... Just go back through really quick. Oh no, that there's a lot of questions. I'm not gonna do that. But I, I do accept. It. Okay. Okay. Do it. Uh, do all it. right. Hold on. Hold on. Where's okay. 
Where's the like restart, retake? Okay, hold on. Uh, English, become friends, sandwich, four plus. Uh, what was my description of myself? Uh, fun? Huh? Fun, uh, boring, opinionated, fun, adventurous, kind. What did I say? I don't remember. Adventurous, maybe? No, I think I said fun. Okay. Okay, we're going to go with fun. Things I want to do after school. Homework. Um, I picked Dazed and Confused. I picked Alternative. I picked the friend picture. I picked brownies. I picked every single day romance. I picked I'm out with you. I picked John Bender. I picked the rain. I picked Breakfast Club. Ferris Bueller. I picked Breakfast Club. No, you picked Ferris Bueller. Damn. Okay, I fixed it. Uh, Friends going to a concert. I overthink and stress out. My friends would describe me as smart. My activity is listening to music. I'm still pretty in pink. I guess that's what I am. (laughs) It's fine. Like, I'm not mad about it. I just haven't seen that movie in a long time because it's not one of the ones I can, like, watch over and over again. Yeah. Because there's a lot happening. That's a lot. That movie's a lot. Um, John Hughes movies are really long, too. And which, for me, like, I'm fine with that. Uh, because it's like a thing I can watch and do other stuff with, which I really appreciate. That's true. But sometimes I want to like just be in a movie for an hour and a half. I don't need three hours of drama. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Oh, man. So that was a fun thing. So let's talk about serious things. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So the first thing we're going to talk about is the curfew in Arizona. I do know that a lot of our listeners are actually in Arizona because they are our friends. So, hi, guys. Uh, As you may recall, Arizona was put under a curfew starting at 8 p.m. every night for a week. Which was bullshit because it was just so they could target protesters and arrest them, kettle them and arrest them. Correct. Because when they laid it all out, it was basically like you could do literally everything, including go to restaurants, do all that stuff. You just couldn't loiter. Yeah. Which is what protesting essentially is, is loitering. So it's um, it's unconstitutional to do that. Mm-hmm. We literally have rights to protest. So the Correct. ACLU came like a motherfucking train at a bunch of states. And other states were like, yeah, we're not going to extend this because we don't want to deal with being sued. Yeah. So that's what happened when Arizona uh, got the notification. Um, our... I mean, to be fair, like, our governor is absolute bullshit and has been... Everyone calls him Governor Douchey. His name is Ducey. It really fits, though. It, it honestly does, because he has been so bad about reacting to COVID and, like, taking actions for COVID and stuff like that. And then suddenly there were protests, and he's like, oh, everyone has to have a curfew and stay home. Like yeah. you, you should have put that in place uh, that months ago. For the your, actual pandemic that yeah, we are going through. But your wife owns hair salons, so you didn't. So, whatever. Um, so, anyway, Arizona is no longer under curfew. Uh, it ended on Monday. 
Uh, we're recording on Wednesday, so we can go out and do whatever the fuck we want now, which is great. I'm still not leaving my house. Bo's not really leaving her house. Um, nope. We're still just, we, we personally cannot go out and protest due to medical issues and other issues in general. Um, but as a reminder, no one's under curfew now. So you and yours, if you are able, can go out and protest. Yeah. I'll tell you guys why I'm not leaving the house. Just a second. I have a a saved map that I can touch every day and see exactly how many cases a day we are averaging of COVID. Oh, I thought it was going to be in regards to whatever you were scraping on the other side of your... No, I was eating ice cream. What kind of ice cream? It better be Ben and Jerry's, bitch. It, I, it was whatever Joe bought. It was vanilla. Oh. Oh, we oh. are up to an average of 1,021 cases per day, which is 202% more compared to 14 days ago. Like, why is Arizona the Florida of the Southwest, to be honest? We really are. Which is awful. Honestly, though, like, Utah is doing really bad, too, but Michigan, oh, no, we passed Michigan. What about South Carolina? South Carolina is doing pretty bad, too, and so is Arkansas, but we have the most cases a day right now. Please, God, if you live in Arizona, please just wear your mask. Like, it makes such a big difference. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody else is under 500 a day some people like vermont is like up 250 percent than it was compared to 14 days ago but they're averaging 14 cases a day well i mean vermont's vermont like that's nothing like like yeah the percentage is up really high but nobody is beating us for cases so it's really sad and it really sucks our hospitals are full yes in in every city like, originally it was just like, oh, Phoenix is saying that their ICU beds are full. No, it's coming out. Every city is like, our ICU beds are magically full after we open the state. Yeah, it's it's bad, guys. It's and, crazy. It's almost like science told us not to do it. And then we did it and anyway. And we did it anyway. I mean, I, I think I mentioned this last week. Like, we did open, like, restaurants and stuff. And a club in Phoenix opened, and they did no social distancing. And two days later, someone posted, BT Dubs, uh, my baby daddy went there, and they have tested positive for COVID. Actually, Joe just told me something that is truly horrifying. You know what it means when ICU beds, when hospital beds are full? It means that they don't resuscitate people who are cardiac arrest out in the field. Correct. They just let them die. They can't, there's nowhere to take them. They can't, there's yeah. no reason. And the, hosp- the hospital can't take them, so they just let people die. So, just a reminder to those of you who have friends and family. Actually, I honestly don't think anyone who listens to this podcast is acting a fool and, like, not wearing masks and being crazy. But just a reminder, if you are, like, you could be killing your friend's grandparent or infant child. Like, I just don't understand how people look at doctors. Like, where we came to in this day and age where people, like, literal people with medical degrees are like, hey, 
this is very serious. And then we looked at a, a man who cannot figure out how to put on spray tan around his goddamn eyes. And he was like, I think it's then. And we just went with that. Like, what the fuck? How? How did we get to this? I don't understand. Scientific facts are not political, and somehow they have become political, and I do not understand how that is a thing. Well, I mean, it's a thing because that's actually Trump's America that we live in right now, right? It's so Science frustrating, though. It's, Science I, isn't, though. Science frust- are just, facts frustrating, are fa- <laughs> frustrating is not the word. Like, it's it's false. Like, the entire thing is false. Like, facts aren't hills to die on. No, they're not. Like, the hill to die on is, do I use the Oxford comma? Because it's not required everywhere, so pick your side. Like, that's fine. The fact that there are asymptomatic transmissions is the hill to die on, right? Although, I will say... Or less than they thought, which is good. Well, no. No. Oh, my God. Did you not see the retraction? Mm-mm. So I didn't see the retraction. During, oh God! So during a press conference, someone from the WHO was answering what she called a quote specific question about asymptomatic transmission, mm-hmm. and what she said was it seems very minimal quote on not like not likely. However, okay. within like twelve hours, the WHO was like, "Excuse me." Ma'am, you're incorrect. And they had to issue a retraction, which said she was speaking in in reference to that particular question. They put her back on television to retract retract it, it, saying this is still a problem. So I've been seeing my friends on Facebook posting like, oh, well, because they said we think that it's negligible. It's a negligible transmission, which is not true based on everything they've said so far. And so my friends have posted like, oh, well, I wish they would qualify like what negligible means. And then I'm posting the retraction and they're like, are you fucking kidding me? And I'm like, nope, wish I was. Oh, damn. Yeah, That's no, crazy. They, they retracted it within like 12 hours. It was no, super I, yeah, fast. I, I, but you don't see the retraction. Like people don't know that that's happened. I didn't know. Yes. I'm literally actively following this situation. Yeah. And I didn't know that happened. Yep. Yeah, it was a super fast retraction. Um, And what really fucking sucks, though, is that sets up all these people who are like open the states to be able to be like, oh, yeah, uh, well, we need to open now because asymptomatic transmission doesn't exist, which is also not what she said. But that's how it was interpreted. Um, But then the who walked it back. But like. Are these fucking right-wing Daryls going to fucking read the retraction? No. They're just going to keep preaching fucking all lives matter and I don't want to wear a mask. So No, no. All lives matter so we can discount black lives, but all lives don't matter when they need a haircut. It's very yeah. specific all lives matter. Well, that's, that's the thing. Much like, you know, we support the blue, we back the blue, except for when we want to protest and we're going to storm a Capitol building wearing AK-47s. Then we're not going to back the blue. Yeah. 
Apparently, okay. it's only when they're killing black people. We back the blue. We had so many things on the docket today to talk about, but I feel like this is the thing that we're going to talk about today. It just <laughs> piss me off. I mean, honestly, and I've just been, and I was talking with Bo about this in the car today when we went to the grocery store. You know, the hour that I leave my house, a week, a week, mm-hmm. I leave my house one hour a week, guys, because I'm trying to protect you, not myself. Because uh, I don't know when I'm exposed. Uh, but I was talking about uh, this with Bo in the car is people are talking about like all lives or not all cops. Right. And the thing is, you're right. It's not all cops. Just like it's not all men. We know we as women know that it's not all men that are rapists. Comma, but the the not all part is not holding the all part to the fire and saying stop raping women just like with not all cops the not all part is not holding the cops part saying stop shooting black people yeah the not all part right now is quitting in solidarity with with the all part that are pushing down 75 year old men you know which so. by the way which by the way our our president has said was a scam he could tell he fell harder than he, he was pushed. He fell harder. He was holding a scanner. He's 75. If you pushed me personally half as hard as you pushed him, I'd probably be dead. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. The point is, you can't say that all lives matter until all lives actually matter, which they don't right now. And that's why this is a, was that, was he squeaking? Was he squeaking? He was, toy? you heard the squeaker. I did. I did. I'm so glad he loves the toy. Um, you can't say all lives matter until they all actually do. And that's actually the argument, which people don't understand. No one is saying that all lives don't matter. No one said that. We're just saying the people who are being killed in an inordinate amount for no reason are the ones who matter more right now so we can get us all on that all level. And as somebody who like is very much pro defund cops, like our cops just kill too many people in general. Yeah. Not just black people. They kill too many. Just too many people. So yeah, in fact, when I say Black Lives Matter and I'm supporting that movement, I am supporting the movement of All Lives Mattering because I want our cops to stop killing people. You know, we kill people in our country at 200% more than Japan does. That's wild. Um, Weird question, because you've been to Japan and I don't know. Yeah. Do cops in Japan carry guns? Um, Yes, they do. Okay. There is a place, though, that you've been that they don't, right? UK. They don't oh, carry guns. Oh, UK. That's right. That's right. You have to, like, they they have cops that do carry guns, but it's, like, they're deployed at a very specific time. Just cops walking that's around. Like, that's, like, jumped. Interpol shows up. Yeah, and like, like, or, like, they are being sent to a situation where, like, there SWAT. was a murder. Yeah. yeah. So SWAT comes out or something yeah. like that. So they do carry guns, but That's the so average Bobby that you see walking down the street, no guns. France has um, no guns except for, I think it's a certain level. 
No, I take that back. They definitely carry guns. They carry, like, AK-47s. Like, they're armed to the teeth. It's wild. But they don't kill their citizenry either. Yeah. So, you know, at the same rate we do. Um, Italy, I can't, I don't think they carry guns in Italy. I don't remember seeing any of them. They wear a lot of metals, though. I could have just been very distracted. (laughs) I was like, it's okay. like a wild amount of metals. And he's like directing traffic. And I'm like, but did you save But you're so shiny. Like, what is happening here? Like, there's just <laughs> a lot of metals going on on this man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love it. Uh, but, I mean, the thing that really, like, fucks me up is people talk about, like, oh, well, blacks inordinately cr- uh, commit more crimes and therefore they are shot more and etc etc but then the flip side the flip side people say is oh well lots of white people are shot by cops we're like yeah because there's fucking more of us that's literally how percentages work yeah also and that is a problem as well that's a problem (laughs) i guess you're missing that point but like my favorite shooting people is the problem yeah like my favorite argument against the oh well cops or black people commit more crime i'm like okay well let's say that i had 75 marbles and 13 of them are red and i tell you to reach in and pull out 10 marbles and you pull out all 10 red ones well at that point you are looking for the red ones so, yeah, black people are arrested more because they're literally profiled. Brown people are arrested more because they're literally profiled. If those are the only people you're looking at and you're stopping and frisking, yeah, those are the people that are going to be arrested. And that's wild. I just – I don't – I don't understand how people do not understand, like, very basic math. And it's very obvious to me that this is how this works – I don't get it. It just, I don't get it. Like, if you are saying that black people make up only 13% of our population, yet make up 50% of the arrests, that means you're looking for the black people. Like, I don't know how else to explain that. It's just frustrating. I did I tell the story about calling the cops last week? Um, I think you've told it before. Should I tell it again, just briefly? I mean, yeah. Because it's it's about defunding cops, right? Yeah, so, I don't want to get rid of the. I think the the overall police force needs a overhaul. They need to reexamine yes. their rehiring and their hiring process. And anybody that is associated with a white supremacist group should be immediately fired and not hired. I don't know why that's not a qualifier. Like that, Whatever. that should be, that should be easy, right? I think if you've ever attended a Klan meeting, you don't get to be a police officer. How is this hard? I, so just like the brief, the brief situation that I'm in, is I'm seeing a lot of people that I know on mostly like the conservative side, but somewhat on the liberal side, to be honest. Um, But mostly on the conservative side saying, if we defund the police, who will you call when you have an emergency? I am someone who has called the police due to someone pointing a gun at someone in my driveway 
And they eventually showed up, eventually, 45 minutes, an hour later, after we called them, where the guy had already been subdued by the person who he was pointing the gun at, and he beat the shit out of the guy with the gun. Like, slammed him on the top of his car, like that kind of stuff. They were much more interested in arresting the guy who fought the guy with the gun, FYI. They wanted to arrest him. And we're like, hey, he had a gun. We saw it. And they're like, oh, we can't, we we couldn't find it. And they left. And I sat down to smoke a cigarette and looked down next to the car that they were looking around and the gun was right there. Of course. On the ground. Now, I would like to point out, it was an airsoft gun. Um... It was they look presented. real, though. It was presented as a real gun. They look real. And my husband at the time came out with a real gun and was going to shoot this guy. Because airsoft guns, you're right, do look extremely real. And he could have shot someone because he wanted to, like, fuck around with our friend in the in, in the front of our house. Right? Like that's wild. Yeah. It was it was one of the scariest moments of my life because I had to then also take care of a sobbing girlfriend and drag her into the back of the house so none of us got shot. Yeah. Like and again, it took the cops like forty five minutes an hour to get there. We didn't live that far from a substation. Yeah. And then they said they couldn't find the gun. So then they were like, oh, we can't find the gun, so we don't find that him beating him was was justifiable. justifiable. So as I sat down to smoke, five minutes after they left, found the gun, didn't touch it, called them back, and said, here you go. They're like, oh, it's an airsoft gun. And we're like, yeah, but it sure fucking doesn't look like one, does it? Yeah. So. I just, like, anytime anybody's like, well, what are you going to do if, you know, you get robbed? I'm like, well, I'll call the cops for, you know, a police report because insurance is going to need that. Yeah. But, but I, the cops I mean, aren't going to do not, shit. I'm not calling them to get my stuff back, and they're just going to show up seven hours later after beating up a homeless man. So, you know, whatever. I mean, and I would like to say, oh, like, oh, that's just their experience with TPD. But it's not. That's the experience everywhere in America. Yep. Like, that's, that's what it's, it's really like sad. Like, it, it really is. Like, I have been at a park, and somebody pulled a knife on us teenagers, and they tried to stab one oh of my, my friends. God. And I had to call the cops, and it took them forever to call come. And when they got there, we had the knife laying on the ground, and we had subdued the perpetrator. The teenagers. Honestly, like, what you do is when you call and report something and they say it's going to be a long time. You tell them you have a gun. Yeah, tell them don't bother because I'm just going to shoot them. Yeah. They'll show up immediately. You just just say, like, well, then I'm going to need an ambulance. Why? Because I'm going to kill him. Yeah. You should should bring the medical examiner because I'm going to murder this person for breaking into him. I'm going to defend myself. Now, Arizona is now a stand-your-ground state. 
Yeah. Um, so well, it's it's a it's a castle state. It's not staying your ground. Well, it There's, is a castle it, state. It's very specific. It's a it's a slightly different law. It's it's I think it's better because I don't think we we'll get a Trayvon Martin situation out of it. Yes. So it is legal to kill somebody if you can prove that like they were on your property and you were fearing for your life. So, so if they come in. Don't shoot somebody in the back. Window, yeah. And they're coming towards you. That's that's acceptable. Yeah. But like if they're fleeing, like let them go. You're not gonna get your shit back, uh, cause the police don't give a fuck. But your insurance will cover it. So. Yeah. yeah. And um and if you do shoot them and they crawl off your property, drag, drag them, them back, back on. Yep. Yeah. The the stand your ground state shit is like kind of weird. Um, cause it's basically like they're on your property and you shoot them and you're you're good. <laughs> Yeah. Which is kind of uh, wild. The, the, the castle law is a little different. Uh, but yeah. yeah, you like don't shoot them in the back and um, you have to fear for your life. Yeah. And I've never been in a situation where I've pointed a gun at somebody and feared for my life. So yeah. I've never shot anybody. Yeah. But um, pro tip, if you do, the correct response is I was only trying to stop him and I would like to speak to my lawyer. And you repeat that until your lawyer gets there. Cause you do not talk to cops cause they are not your friends. And never, even if ever, it was, ever. even never if it was self defense and you're a 100% sure that you, you were scared for your life and you were in the right. Do not talk to cops. They are never. not your friends. Don't talk to cops. Don't talk to detectives. Don't talk to captains. Don't talk to anyone, sergeant, anyone who shows up, don't talk to them. Yep, because it'll be, what happened? I was only trying to stop him. I would like to speak to my lawyer. Correct. Repeat that over and over. And this is, and this, and because I've had friends in this situation, what they will say to that is, well, that makes you seem guilty. And you have to say, I would like to speak to my lawyer. Correct. And you repeat that until you have your lawyer. Cops are not your friends. Cops are not your friends. Their job is not to protect you in that situation their job is to close the case and if closing the case means throwing you under the bus they absolutely will correct which is so sad for me right and it took me a really long time to like understand that um but now i really get it and i really got it after the cops showed up at the situation with the guy with the gun and they came and talked to the guy who beat the shit out of him to prevent him from shooting him and his girlfriend. And we're like, oh, the guy, the guy with the gun. They're like, oh, he may or may not press charges. That's kind of not the point. He followed them home from the bar with a gun. This guy subdued him to the best of his ability while the cops were being called to make sure he couldn't shoot them. And their concern was the guy who supposedly, quote unquote, had the gun, which, again, we found uh, mm-hmm. that that he might press charges about the guy who beat his ass. They don't yeah. give a fuck about you. Cops do not care about you. It's it's sad to say, but it is absolutely true. They don't. And it's so fucked because when we're kids, we're taught find a cop and they'll help you. Well, let's clarify. We're taught that because we're white. Well, no, correct. Well, actually, I will say in in a, like, preschool, kindergarten level, everyone is taught and a school. 
school level, find a police officer and they'll help you. Yes. That's not but accurate every, for but everyone. Every, every brown kid is taught at home that if they're approached by the cops, they need to put their hands in the air. They need to get on the ground. They need to obey. They need to not resist and not Correct. to go to cops by their parents, which Correct. is fucking sad. It is. It is so sad. And I just, I feel like so bad for the people who deal with that, right? Because I was definitely taught, like, find a cop and they'll help you, personally, yeah. as, a, as a white female. But as someone who, again, has called the cops multiple times and had nothing help, like, I, they're nothing, I don't trust cops at all. Yeah, and I couldn't they've... imagine being someone who is institutionalized to not trust cops. Yeah, I was taught to trust cops, and I had to learn it late that they don't give a fuck about their constituents. They don't. They absolutely do not care. And I can tell you, I don't know a single person, or I don't know a single woman who hasn't been sexually assaulted, and I also don't know a single woman who has gone to the cops and had that work out. Not one. Yeah. Not a single one. My cousin was beat by her husband and her kids were sexually abused by him and they had a therapist and a psychiatrist testify that the kids were telling the truth and he still got uh, half custody in arizona no not in, in arizona in arizona no and then she did it again in missouri and in missouri and then she did it again in indiana and again in indiana oh my god not oh not a single person. My my grandmother used to have a stalker and she went to the police in Tucson and she told them she had a stalker and he asked her how she dressed every day. When she was in college. I... Which is why as soon as the sun goes down, she closes all her blinds because it's easy to see in yep. and she would see him standing out there watching her and they wouldn't do anything. The police do not care about you. And I know that it's so easy for people to, to think about the cops that they know and they're related to and that kind of stuff. I have I have two cops in my family. One is retired, one is not. I would like to imagine that the one who is not, who is very open to lots of who lots of people like sh super accepting of me being a half gay again i always joke for those who are new to the podcast i joke about being biased being a half gay right because sometimes i'm gay sometimes i'm not depending on who i'm fucking but in the end i'm always gay um i feel like that's important to clarify because <laughs> uh, it's, it's just kind of like a joke but uh very accepting of like who I am very accepting of anyone uh, of color who's ever been brought into our family like super cool very chill appreciate them very much the conversation I want to have with them is what conversations are you having with your compatriots who are not 
and like not to give like their name or anything away but like this person is female too so i i would love to know about her experience because i bet she even if she is having those conversations are they listening to her like I, it has to be so hard and to be that a female. is the worst i feel like maybe i'll get real drunk and ping her and ask her if we can sit down when i'm sober one day and just like talk about it uh but yeah and yeah like i i mean yeah honestly it's just just, it's wild to me that like i know i know so many people who actually have gone to the cops and been like he raped me he sexually assaulted me she sexually assaulted me and it is always uh what were you wearing well were you drunk like are you sure it wasn't just a misunderstanding alone you shouldn't have been out alone yeah like was it just a misunderstanding like that's the one that gets me the worst like that's worse than what were you wearing? Because like, you're 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 looking at somebody and being like, "Are you sure you didn't consent?" Like, yeah, I'm I'm fucking sure, man. Like, this is I'll... why I always feel like every woman should like carry a knife, and then like if a guy rapes her, like cut off their dick and be like, "I said no, he did it, so I showed him that I said no." Yeah. Like no. now, obviously, the woman would would go to jail. Right. I don't know. Not honestly, not in Arizona. I will say that like people, like women who have managed to get like that to court, yeah, don't get convicted. Yeah. No. Like I told him no. I told him no, and then I stabbed him. And every every woman on that jury is like, well, she told him no. (laughs) It's it's so sad, and and. I, I don't want to, like, align, like, the Black Lives Matter movement, like, with feminism. But it honestly is very aligned with feminism. It is feminism, feminism though. Because it is feminism. It's you're equality. Right. That's it's... all feminism is, is Correct. equality. And you're not a feminist if you don't support black Correct. women and you don't support brown women and you don't support trans women. And, you, and you're certainly not a feminist if you don't support trans women of color. Like, but it, it feels... Fuck you. It feels weird as a white woman to bring up, like, feminism in this situation. But I guess, right? for me, this is where my Black Lives Matter, like, started was because I was a feminist. Yes, true. Because before, if this had happened, I can remember I didn't get mad about Trayvon Martin when it happened. Really? I didn't. I saw the other, I saw the oh, side of the story. Wow. And I thought it was unfortunate. I just didn't think Zimmerman needed to be convicted. And I don't wow. believe that now. I didn't post about it on Facebook. Thank God. Like, whew, thank, thank, thank you, Jesus, that I, I mean, did not you, do that. You were but sort of a child when that happened. I was. I was like, I feel like I was like 19. It was 2012. So. 2012? Yeah. Okay. I was I was 21. Oh. So I was just coming into like I was just We were barely friends. I was still living at home with my parents. Yeah. I was still under that conservatism umbrella. Sure. And which uh, I want to clarify, I don't think that her parents think that the death of Trayvon Martin was justified. Oh no, no. But they they I don't like I we didn't really talk about things like that then either. Sure. So I don't know. But, like, yeah, I, I definitely saw both sides of that. And yeah. now I 100% don't because I'm, like, I think also because when I when you're 21, 
I remember being 17 and thinking I was such an adult, but now as like uh-huh. a, an almost 30 year old woman, I'm like, uh-huh. he was a fucking child. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Yep. And so like that definitely changed as well. Um, so for me now, like, I just think my like my worldview in general changed, but like, but my Black Lives Matter definitely started with feminism and yes. being a feminist and then being like, well, you can't be a feminist if you don't support black women. And I was like, well, now we support black women. Cool. And then that evolved like that. All of that evolved to, well, you can't be a feminist if you don't support black people. Like, and I was like, cool. And now we're on the Black Lives Matter train. Like, so like everything is a building stone in my journey of being a better yes. person. Absolutely. It's it's really interesting because I actually feel like feminism was my last brick. Mm-hmm. Um, and mine, it's not. <laughs> well, it's just because my my feminism because I was I was married for a very long time, and I was married to someone who at the time identified very conservative, who has changed now. I would like to throw out, by the way, and has grown a lot um, since we've split for two years. So yay for him. Proud of him. He's grown. He's I love grown. Him. Sometimes, sometimes you gotta just break up so that you can figure it out. Um, but no, like I have always been like super into the black lives matter and like that kind of stuff for a long time. Um, on the flip side of that, while I was supporting that outwardly, I didn't realize that my institutionalized racism of, uh, socially liberal, fiscally conservative, was actually <laughs> racism. Yeah. Uh, and I I posted a thing about that, about it being like diet racism, and then I got like this sh- a shit ton of like DMs about it, being like, that's the best term. And so today I finally had to like make a post that was like, hey, I got that from College Humor, dudes. Like that's yeah, I got that <laughs> from that's not me. I didn't, I didn't choose that word, but, but no, like until I became a feminist, I didn't realize that that was actually diet racism. Right. So oh, yeah, 100%. This, the whole time I was supporting like, yes, I, I love people of color and I love everybody in the LGBTQIA plus spectrum. Like these are all things that I love that I all loved prior to my feminist journey really taking off. But once it really took off, I saw these, like, minute racism bits in my life that were in these tiny cracks. And and it's all still a journey. Like, I don't want to say, like, oh, I'm no. completely unracist now. No. Every once in a while, I think something and I'm like, and then, the, like, the second part of my brain goes, ooh, you need to ooh. examine that a little bit later. You need to like, think about that. You got to think about that. What? It's a good yeah. thing you did not say that out loud. Yeah. Like, and you, you do like, it's always a journey. You're not just born, not racist. Like yeah. some of us are luckier and you're raised in a way that makes you less racist as you grow older. And some of you, some of us have to make a journey of it. Yeah. I, I was raised very racist and you were also raised pretty racist. Yeah. With yeah. like the people that I hung out with and things like, I just, I didn't know any black people for a really long time. I know a lot of Mexicans. Which to me is wild. So what's crazy is like. mixed at my school. I remember. Yeah, no, mine was just Mexicans and white people. 
Um, I will say, though, I remember distinctly when I, like, started noticing that black people were, like, in Tucson. Uh, it was after Katrina. <gasps> wow. Because a lot of people. Shit. That's, that's when I was like, oh, my goodness, we have black people in Tucson. Like, legitimately, I oh, remember having that wow. thought. Wow. That's fucking wild. Like, me. that's crazy. Well, to be fair, though, you went to your crazy religious school. Yeah, I went to a Christian school. You I... went to your crazy religious school. No, it wasn't like uh, it wasn't uh, anything about like what the church I went to. Oh, wait, it was just what Christian. What school did you go to? It was called Dove Christian. Oh, oh. Okay. It was. Okay, it was. Okay, okay. Um, I will say though, it's an Abeka program, and I believe Abeka is very Baptist. So everything I learned had a real Baptist leaning. Yeah. Which is so crazy. Because Southern Baptist is a thing. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, and they're from Florida, so like. Yeah, that's that's wild. And then, I mean, you went to that all the way through all the school. Yep, first grade through through. Um, through I went senior. Through like, senior, yeah. There was they were the that's fucking wild. The elementary was across the courtyard from the high school, so I just wow. walked across when I got older. That's so, well, so for me, obviously, I went to public school all the way until, uh, well, no, that's a lie. I didn't go to public school. For preschool and kindergarten, I went to a Lutheran school, uh, which I actually really liked because I learned to read in preschool, which changed my whole life. Um, then I went to public school until I fucking hated the high school I went to sophomore year, and then I went to a charter school but during that whole time i felt like my classes and stuff were very diverse like looking back at them i think they were very diverse yeah um, yeah for whatever reason like we didn't have black kids at our school and i don't think i know for a fact like i know i know the teachers personally like still to this day I know these people and they weren't sure. keeping black kids out of the school for whatever reason. We just did not have black kids. I went to the school. Well, it was it, weird. is it related to like the religious aspect of it? Maybe. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they, they, maybe like they didn't like the, the program that was taught or something, but like, I know, like, I just want to make that very clear. Like my teachers would never be like, well, you can't come here cause you're black and find sure. a reason not to have these kids at school. Like that would sure. never have happened. But yeah, they just they we just did not have black kids. At I just, and we I had a like lot it's... of Mexicans. Like we like white kids were definitely wow. the minority at the school. It was wow. mostly Mexicans. That's actually really wild. Yeah, that's to be why honest. like but you know what's wild to me is that I realize that I have had exactly one ethnic teacher in my life and it was for a college class. And all of my other college classes oh. and all of my high school classes were taught by white people. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I like, I live in Arizona. How are not more of my college professors Mexican? I, so it's been a really long time since I've been in school, right? And I'm, like, trying to think back. I have had, if I think, like, non-white presenting, maybe one or two in the entirety of my entire school career. Yeah. That's wild. That's weird. Like, considering where we live, that's weird. Yeah, it's not like we're totally. in, you know, 
oh, Michigan or something, you know, like yeah. the we're and, not like, in Kansas. Yeah, right? like it's not. Wow. It's very weird. It's very it weird is. that that's the thing, and I didn't realize that until Felicia posted something about how she oh, didn't have I black teachers until she went to college because she went to a black college, which is awesome. She's black. Yeah. And I think it really helped her find herself and love herself. Um, and I'm very happy she did that, but she posted like that. She never, like she didn't have black teachers until she went to a black college. And I was like, I've had one <laughs> Mexican teacher and that's weird. And yeah. She was like, that is weird. And I was like, I was thinking about that. And I was like, that's kind of messed up. Like, and it's it's not even like I guess I could maybe Google a little bit more, but I base my college classes on their either reviews of the of the teacher on rate my professor mm-hmm. and timing because I I do work too, so like right. I have to be able to have time to take the class. And yeah, but like all my law classes were white people. Yeah, and. All of my gen eds have been white except for my math class. My math class was a Mexican guy, and he was really cool. He was really nice. He kept blessing us. Anytime, anytime like he felt we were doing bad, he would bring holy water out and bless us. It was, <laughs> it was as, wild. As someone who identifies as atheist, I really appreciate that. Like... <laughs> he'd be like, like we'd get a, we, we'd give him a quiz, and he'd be like, well, we didn't do great, and so he'd bless the class and see if we did better the next time. <laughs> it was really so, funny. So something interesting came up like on Twitter that was like, retweet this if you've ever felt protected by like a person of color or if you ever felt like a person of color like lifted you up, right? And like I had to like sit down for like a long time and like think about a situation that I personally have been in with that. And Felicia is actually my example. Yeah. Felicia taught me so much on my feminist journey, to be honest. Yeah, 100%, same thing. And and on my journey uh, to understanding uh, how to interact with people of color without being an asshole. Yeah, 100% as well. But, like, also, Felicia went with me to buy my first sex toy. Ah, I love her so much. So, like, she also, like, and she made it, like fun and like it wasn't anything to be ashamed of we were just going fascinations just us girls and we were gonna look at them not wait to message her and be like hey we brought you up on this podcast because we were talking about how you were like such a good influence on teaching us about how to interact with people of color and also sex toys <laughs> like yeah like she was just like this is what we're doing tonight and we're gonna I have know. a great time oh and i was She's like great. okay Do you yeah. know i talked her into coming here yeah. Yeah. I, I sat down with her in the office in D.C. and was like, you should come to Tucson. It's great. That was a lie because I fucking hate it here. But I knew that she was important to be with us. And she was, man. She taught so many people. I love her. So I many just... things. We could not have been like everyone that we know could not have been the people that we are now if she had not come. Oh, 100%. Romo wouldn't be who Romo is without yes. Felicia. I wouldn't be me. You wouldn't be you. No. Like, or like, we I, I, we would have got there, but it would have taken us, what, five more years? Yeah. I, I we'd be having this conversation at, 40... at 35 for me, and you'd be like 48. Yeah. Well, I mean, not we're not that <laughs> far apart, bitch. 
mean, I'm not mad about it. Like, it's fine. I know that you accept that you're already 30, but I'm only 37. I know. I was just teasing you. It's fine. But no, Uh, truly, truly, truly. Um, No, like, that's why having people of color be your friends is super important. It's why having people who are just different from you than in general be your friends. Like, I had a moment where I was like, I don't know any trans people. And that's weird as somebody who knows like a ton of queer people. And it's not that I've made a point of like going out and finding trans friends. I just am very, I feel like I've just opened myself up to it and definitely know more trans people now, which I like because I think they keep me honest and they have a different point of the queer community than I do and I think that all of that is super important like having friends that are different than you is super important if you are white you should have friends that are different ethnicities because it allows you to learn from them and as a white person I guarantee you have no idea what your people of color friends go through and that is super important to learn from them. I mean, but don't like fetishize people. Like, I just want to be very clear. Don't like oh, yeah. just like don't, become don't friends with people because they're brown. Okay, no, like no. let's not do that. Like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> that would be awkward and weird. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's I I definitely know a lot more trans people now. I know um, people from all ethnicities. I feel like like if I had to be like. You know what? I don't. Not that I don't have somebody of in my life of like Arabic or Middle Eastern descent. I don't know anybody who's actually Muslim. Isn't that weird? Huh. Like, or that's practicing. Yeah, is what I I should say. I don't know that I do either. And I don't know uh, like a ton of religious people in general. So I, I think it's probably something like that. Like I'm not religious. So I don't really attract religious people. Well, you know, religious people for your particular religion. Yeah, exactly. But and like outside it. of that, yeah. like the friends that I've made, it's like, it's not that I haven't made friends with middle Eastern people. It's I just haven't made friends with like really religious middle Eastern people. Yeah. So. No, I, I get that. I, I really struggle um, with, the amount of Catholics that I know. You know uh, a lot of them. Well, most of them are my family. Is, yep. is That's actually the biggest problem for me. And I would love to branch out from that. But because I am also not religious and I, I, I thought I identified as agnostic. Because, like, I don't... I don't know, like, what's out there, right? Maybe there, Maybe there's a thing. Maybe there's a thing. I don't know. Maybe there's, like, heaven. Maybe there's hell. I don't like to think that there's hell, but, you know. Um, well, I again, because if I had to be a religion, it would probably be uh, Judaism. Uh, they don't believe in hell, and I'm going with rabbis on this. Great. Okay, good. I'm with it. <laughs> so, but then there's, like, a heaven. Like, there's a place. Yeah. Yeah, they believe go. in heaven. That's 100%. Right. And, they just like, don't believe in hell. I'm, I'm, into, I'm like, for that. I'm into heaven and I'm into purgatory. I think purgatory is a great place for you to hang out. But what I actually think is important is uh, reincarnation. Um, but I feel very disingenuous for believing in that. Well, right? maybe you just need to like research religions that believe in that a little more and see if I something vibes with you. Okay, as a, Never mind. as a teenager. 
and none of them really got with me. I, I, and that's why I identify as agnostic. You know what's right? really funny is I know a Catholic priest who is also a Buddhist. Do they live here? Yep. Can I talk to them? They're very old. I would have to ask. Oh, no, but I don't want that. I don't want very it old. Was like, it was like my grandpa knew him, and I've met him like twice. Oh. I don't know if he's still alive, but it's really, I thought was really interesting about him. No, that's actually him really interesting. Was that, he, like, Buddhism, there's there's like two versions of Buddhism, I guess. I don't know a ton about this, so I apologize sure. for going forward. But no, there's like Buddhism, who is like very strict Buddhism, and but there's also Buddhism that just believes in like being your best version of yourself, yeah, and um, following certain rules that make you good, so like vegetarianism and and some other things, obviously. And he subscribed to all of that as well as being a Catholic priest. Wow. So he That's was kind a of amazing Buddhist Catholic priest. Honest. Yeah, it was really it Catholics was... are very territorial. Yeah, it was super eye opening, and it, it also was like, yeah, you can be. Bo- Buddhism is something that you can just add on to whatever you would like if that's yeah. the rules that you want to follow. And I was like, really? And that was eye-opening for me as a child. I was like, I did not know that. Wow. I I feel like I need – well, I don't want to say I need, right? Like I know what I believe, but like it's hard to explain to people in like words. Right? I like – um, so I'm, I'm taking a history course right now, and I was actually learning about Ben Franklin and the fact that he um, believed in – he was a deist. And deist is very similar to agnostic from, from what I was reading, and it's very much you believe in a higher power, but you just think that he created everything and kind of like was hands off after that. And it's up to you to be a morally good person and do the best that you can. And it's not so much like predestination and all of that jazz. Hmm. Which I do like as well. But again, like every time I read about religions, I just get really back, drawn back to Judaism. Yeah. So I, I have like such a weird mix of beliefs. Like I believe in like fate very strongly. Like, Mm -hmm. I believe everything happens actually for a reason, Mm -hmm. which to me means there's actually no, uh, what's the, the thing that Jesus gave us, apparently, the choice, no, what's the word that I want? Um, free will? Free will. Yeah, I don't actually believe that there's free will. I believe that everything happens for an exact reason, and we make the choices that we make because it is a reason. Um, but I also believe in, like, Christian heaven, right? So yeah. I'm all over the map. Yeah, I mean, you could literally just take the things that you like from everything and make yeah. that yours. Like, that's yeah. that's acceptable. Yeah. I think, so I, I think right now I'm very agnostic where I do believe in a higher power. Um, I think that I don't, I don't believe in fate. And it's because, and I and I don't have a problem with you believing in fate. Like, I'm not, like, shitting on you for this at all. No, it's fine. I would spiral into insanity if I thought about, for too long, all of the shitty things that have happened to me and how that was predestined and that was supposed to happen. Yeah. And if I just think that people are shitty and sometimes life is fucking shitty, I have an easier time accepting that than... Uh, higher power said that that had to happen. 
if that makes sense. No, it does make sense. And I actually don't think what's interesting about my belief in fate is I don't actually believe that it's a, quote, higher power. I don't know who's controlling the strings or that anyone is. But, like, I I truly believe that everything that happened, including, like, and maybe I have to believe this because it's the only way I can live my life. Like, I believe that my father dying was part of my fate. So are you more along, like, the Greek, like, the fates watching the strings of your life? And not that somebody, like, a higher power set out and be like, this has to happen. But, like, just that this was going to happen no matter what you did because this is fate. And they're just watching your strings of your life. And when it's your time, they're going to cut your string at the right time. And then that's going to be end. I I think that it's a combination of the two. But I, I think the Greek side of it is the easier way for me to deal with it. Especially because the only regret I have in my life is how I spoke to my father the day that he died. So right? I, I agree with you in that case then. Because I also yeah. kind of subscribe to that Greek going like the, like the string of your life is there nobody predestinated it the fates are just watching it and when it's my time they're going to cut my string and that's going to be my end not that i necessarily believe in the fates but like for this analogy we're going to sure. go with the fates. and and i i do think <laughs> that things happen for a specific reason to lead you along that string mm-hmm. right like but I, like i also believe that you would have got to this point no matter what decision you made kind of thing yes well mm, mm, uh, i don't know More like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. I think you and I became friends for a part of my fate. Yeah. Like, I think that we are still friends now, like, eight years later, because we're supposed to be. I know, it's insane, (laughs) right? I worked at that job that destroyed a lot of my life, to be honest, that we worked at together. um, Destroyed a lot of my life, like, that that was all like every shitty and good thing that has happened has led me along this string of my fate. Mm. And it's, I think it it is a combination of the inevitability of what's going to happen to you and you have no choice, but also the idea that, that the fates or the fate is watching and they're like, cool, you done your your fate. It's done. Like, you've done all the things that you needed to do. And now you die. And, like, that's fine. And I'm okay with that. And I respect that. It's, man, this this turned into a very religious show. Really, honestly, we'll have to, Which I like. We we never got to our actual topic, so we're just going to table it for next week, and that's fine. we will. (laughs) I'm actually very excited, because I I do really like talking about religion, um, because I don't know a lot about it. And I've actually had very uh intense conversations with like my catholic family about things like uh abortion uh and the molestation of children by uh by priests and I think I've talked about it on the show before that I could never, I could never see myself being a Catholic ever. Um, All of those things are part of the reasons, but also because I can remember being taken to a Catholic church by my grandmother 
and we were sitting in a pew and we did all the like we did all the catholic stuff and we had the the catholic mass and stuff and then they're like oh you're gonna it's time for communion and my grandma sat like looked at me and said well you weren't baptized so you can't do any of this and got up and left me and i was like five that's wild. So <laughs> the way communion was described in our church, because we didn't believe in baptizing baptizing a child before they could consent, um, which I like. I think because, that's amazing. I think uh, that's so great. So like, if and you... I I want to just add side bra. I think that's really amazing because my mother chose to not baptize any of her children because she wanted us to make our own decisions. Yeah. Which you met my mother now. But at the time, that was huge. Yeah, that was super progressive. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So, yeah, so our church believed that you took communion after you were baptized, and you were baptized basically when you could sit down with the pastor and tell them why you wanted to be baptized, tell them what you believed, and basically explain what baptism meant. Like, wow. you had to understand it. And as long as he felt that you were not being pressured by your parents or anything like that, he would baptize you at like the next evening service, basically. Um, And then you could take an average age that like that would happen in your church. Um, anywhere from like usually right around twelve. That seems like actually the right time to make religious decisions yeah like right around 12 and again you had to like sit down and explain to the pastor why you wanted to be baptized and what it meant and the because so this is this is kind of weird but like being baptized in our church basically meant that you as a person were taking responsibility for your actions and you weren't covered under your parents choices anymore so that's amazing. Up until I love that, that. Up until that point, your parents were leading and guiding you along this religious journey, and their choices were what was affecting you because you were a child. You couldn't make your own decisions. You didn't understand what was happening. But if you could sit down and ask to be baptized and then explain why, then the church felt that you could take responsibility for your own choices and your own actions, and you could be baptized. And the seriousness of communion in our church, I don't know about Catholic church. I think it is kind of the same, but like our church, it was, you had to, um, basically every time you took communion, you had to make sure that you had made everything right with everybody that you had a problem with. Um, if you like had lied, cheated or anything, you like had to talk to that person and come clean. Or if you were just mad at somebody, like, like you couldn't go into this with like sin in your heart because it was damnation and you had to understand that that's like that's not catholics just have to go and sit and they have to like give confession yeah so like it didn't you didn't have to confess or anything but like you couldn't it's much easier to give confession (laughs) it really is because i remember specifically one time i didn't take communion because i was so mad at one of my teachers that i didn't feel comfortable doing it and i had to tell my mom i was like i don't feel comfortable taking communion tonight and she was like why and i was like because i'm really mad at sister semrock like i don't think she is treating natalia right i don't think she's treating her well 
I think it's weird in this class. Like she's just purposely mean to her. And wow. I'm angry at her and I don't feel comfortable taking communion. And my mom was like, well, then don't take communion. <laughs> I was like, cool. But and like your religion is like so interesting. It's wait, what? It's a bap, not Baptist. Yes, Baptist. No. no, it's um. I mean, we believe in baptizing, but a lot of people do. Baptist just started that. Um, it is. We believe in the Pentecostal experience in the fact, or they believe in the Pentecostal they, not me, uh, experience, which means that they believe like uh, you have to like a accept Jesus, but you also have to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Mm. Um. And then after that, it's just very uh, strict doctrine, um, very similar to Pentecostal, but not organized. So they don't believe in a like a denominational church. There's no like head church. There's no head person making decisions. There are churches all over the world that believe the same things, mm-hmm. but no, there's no head office. There's no... Pope no or Vatican bishop. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing like that. And basically, like, as long and you, it's up to you as the person to pick the pastor that, like, aligns with you. So, like, my dad used to go to one church, and he felt like this church, this pastor just wasn't quite on the right track, and he just moved his family over to a different church, and he felt way more comfortable. And, like, that's kind of your responsibility as the the patron of the church, Um, And I feel like with other religions, no matter where you go, you kind of get the same thing because everything's under a head thing. So you can have like, like, yes, we all believe the same things, but you can have a lot of differentiation in these churches because there isn't a head church. So if someone asked your mom, not you, if someone asked your mom what religion she identifies with, what what would she say? Christian non-denominational. And she might tell them, depending on the person, if she felt like they would understand what she was saying, she would say that they believe in a Pentecostal experience, but they are not Pentecostal. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I, as someone who was raised, obviously, in two very, like, obvious delineations of Christianity, right? So I have the Catholic on my mom's and Methodist on my Mm -hmm. mom's. I've always been actually very comfortable with Methodist. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Methodist as well. They're, they're very like touchy feely, uh, in in like a soft way, and I enjoy, even though I don't identify as a religion, I actually very much enjoy going to Methodist church. Yes, um, I can concur with that. I actually really enjoy going to um, Lutheran churches. Also Lutheran, yes. I actually like Lutheran churches, too. That's a nice experience. Like, it's kind of yeah. close to Catholic, but, like, not quite. It's fine. Me- Methodist is my preference because they have, first of all, they fucking told so much of the church, uh, like, if you do the, like, the United Methodist, United University Methodist, they told the rest of the Methodists to, like, fuck off. Yeah. Because they're cool with gays. So yeah, like I appreciate that. that. Yeah, which, which which I didn't realize I needed when I was like ten years old, going with my grandmother. But, but now I know you're that like, now. Oh, yeah. But that also means that like it's nice to know that because most likely your grandmother would have accepted you. Yeah, I I well, I don't know. I mean, my grandma was born in like the twenties. You know. I mean, my my grandpa served in 
Vietnam. So he was born a little bit after the 20s. But he was the second person I came out to. Oh. First one was my grandma, his wife, who was born in the 60s because she's a lot younger than him. Uh-huh. <laughs> Margarita <laughs> but, grandma. Yeah. Yeah. But the second person I came out to was him, and he told me it didn't matter. Oh, I'm so glad. I I, so, I would like to think that my grandma... And he was, he was a pastor at one point, so... Oh. Yeah. I feel like he was Methodist. It, well... It might have been Lutheran. One I mean, of the two. To be so, honest, like, <laughs> in the end, it's not Catholic. So he wasn't Catholic, and he wasn't my mom's religion. So, like, <laughs> yeah, no, he, like, he 100% was just like, yeah, that's cool. I don't care. I will never tell your mother. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> I love that. Wait, I met him, right, at Thanksgiving? Yeah. He was so nice. I like him is. He is. A, he was a sweet, sweet man. Yeah. And he was 100% supportive. Which so. I appreciate. That's really great. And and maybe and maybe my grandma Mick would have, right? You know, I don't I won't know because Yeah. When I was like seventeen. It's a nice thought though. Like if she that was the church she yeah. was going to, she probably was pretty open and if her pastor yeah. got up there and was like, Well, he said love everybody, so that includes the gays, your grandma probably would have been like, yeah. You're correct. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. And and that's how I feel. And so whenever whenever I have moments where I'm like I really feel like, which is very rare, but sometimes I feel like I need to go to a church. And the only thing I ever think about is a Methodist church. That's it. I I know that I could go to my grandma's Catholic church and whatever, but holy shit, that's a lot for someone who is not religious. But a Methodist church is so cool. So anyway, man, this has been... This has been a long, a long time that we have talked today. So we should probably just close. We talked a lot. Bo, are you good with us just closing? Bo? Yes, I am good with us just closing. Okay. Uh, so next week, uh, we'll talk about the other shit we wanted to talk about and also give you our AA. Yeah, uh, we have a whole show already planned for next week. Aren't you proud of us, guys? <laughs> we planned a week in advance. It's like we used to do like three years ago, but, you know, here we are. Uh, we'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly because we always do because we are drinking in our houses because we are social distancing. 100%. And you should be, too. So thank you so much to Red Dragons Radio for making sure we're hosted, posted, pimped out on the interwebs. Uh, you can find the show on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Rachel Square, the Drunk Girls Podcast. Uh, also on Twitter at Official Drunk GP. You can find me, Rachel, on Instagram and on Twitter and on TikTok at Alithium. I would like to point out today... I posted on Instagram. Dang. I posted on Instagram today. So follow me there, I guess, if you want, but mostly on Twitter. Uh, Bo, where do we find you? Especially TikTok, because you post great TikToks. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BoboTazi, which is B-O-B-O-T-T-A-Z-Z-I. You can find me on TikTok at BoToxic, which is B-E-A-U Toxic. And, yeah, those are the three places that you should definitely follow me. So thank you guys so much for hanging out with us tonight to talk about 
politics, and religion, which is funny enough the things that we always said we would never talk about because we just wanted to talk about, like, feminism and keep the politics out of it. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise! We did it. But I guess you got, looking at the time, I think you got an extra long show today. And you'll probably get an extra long show next week. So we'll probably. talk to you guys next week. We love you. Bye. Bye.